1: You are listening to Any Given Sunday, a part of the Dead End Podcast Network. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, and all other podcasting services. Please make sure you check out Dead End Hip Hop, Dead End Sports, Dead End Gaming, Is the Mic Still On?, Chris Platt, Strictly Hip Hop and Hoops Talk, and a host of other shows on our podcast network. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Yo, welcome back to any given Sunday For Sunday, February 23rd, 2020 I'm your host, Manny Brown Hopefully you guys are having a happy, safe, blessed weekend As always, you can follow the show on Twitter At Pod, Instagram A.G.S. Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at D. Brown, Instagram, dmanuelbrown, Brown, Facebook, Manuel Brown, and of course, Snapchat, mannybro 15 Also hit us up at A.G.S. Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to get in touch with the show, let us give us some recommendations. Uh, just complain about how bad I am. Whatever you want to do, hit me up on that email. And of course... If you like the show and you like what you're listening to, please drop us a review on iTunes. We really, really would appreciate that. Uh, my guest this week, uh, a friend of mine. I uh, haven't had a chance to actually talk to him on this setting before, um, so I'm I'm very excited. He's got a he's got a major project coming up, and I uh, wanted to have him on the show to talk about that and some other things. Um, Nick Alston, first time on the show. Nick, welcome to Any Given Sunday. What's good, man. Yeah, what's up, man?
0: Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, it's pretty awesome to be on here today.
1: No doubt, man. I'm trying to support, uh, trying to support uh, people like myself who are, who are trying to do big things in this world. So uh, figured it'd be a great platform to have you come on and talk about your uh, your new venture and things you got going on, man.
0: Yeah, sure, for sure. Uh, so you want me to just kind of jump in, and give a brief explanation?
1: Uh, just well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it first. Sure, sure. Um, Sounds good. What, uh, just talk to me about yourself, man. People obviously don't know you. Or yeah, that's for sure. after, after after this game, hopefully people will know you. But yeah, uh, hopefully right now they don't they don't know you just well. So sure. just go ahead and give a, give your, give a brief bio of yourself, your background, your history. Tell tell everybody about Nick Olson. Sure. So uh, I'm almost
0: 38 years old. Uh, I am a software engineer in uh, the greater Seattle area, specifically in downtown. Uh, and um, I guess uh, the key things about me are. Um, I grew up a poor minority, uh, which is uh, kind of a difficult thing to do uh, back in the 80s and early 90s. Um, and fortunately enough, uh, when I turned around 18, uh, I had an aunt who lives in uh, Lakewood, Washington, uh, who kind of stepped in out of nowhere. I didn't even really know this woman. And she was like, hey, um, you were always in a, a bright, amazing kind of kid and you have a lot of potential, um, but you don't really have the opportunity to really explore that right now. So you don't have to trust me. You don't know me, uh, but I would love for you to come and live with me and, you know, and, and kind of experiment and see wh- where you can go in life. Uh, mm-hmm. And so because of that, that kind of just set me on this path of uh, how I ended up being an engineer uh, uh, anyhow. So, um, you know, she, she pushed me towards college. I went to college in downtown Seattle, I went to AIS so Art Institute of Seattle. Um, I am a single dad. Uh, I got a beautiful daughter. She's two years old. Uh, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much me in a nutshell.
1: Uh, so was engineering always in the, in the cards or was it something that it kind of just matriculated as the years went on and you tried to decide what you wanted to do? Like tell me about choosing that career path.
0: Yeah, sure. So, um, not really, not at all. I mean, when I was young, uh, you know, I grew up in the hood, so or, you know I'm not sure if your readers know. I mean, your listeners know what that is. So I'll just kind of elaborate a bit. The hood is essentially the ghetto or very, very poor, low income area. I'm a, familiar with food stamps and blocks of government cheese that are probably not good for you at all. Uh, <laughs> you know, I know what a, I know what a a purple dollar bill looks like. Um, and uh, because of this, and the way that I I was growing up, you know, when I was young, uh, I want to say when I was like 12 or 13, I still had, you know, lots of aspirations and dreams for things. I was in things like, uh, we had this thing called gate, Mm -hmm. uh, which is gifted and talented education, which is probably similar to what is STEM education nowadays. Um, and I was involved in things like that, but, uh, the hood has a way of keeping you from excelling, uh, in educational aspirations. And so you kind of get sucked out of that and start, you know, believing that there's no escape for you, that, you know, book smarts is not going to help you. You're not going to survive out there. You're not going to make it. You're nobody. And so I I really started to believe all that. Um, And, you know, like I said, so my aunt, my aunt finally stepped in um, and she had recalled that when I was very, very young boy, I wanted to make video games. And so that's how I ended up going to AIS She said, you know, this is really genuinely a career that people can really do. And if that's what you want to do, then you should go and and apply. And so she took me to uh, the first school she actually took me to apply to was a school called DigiPen. And this is right when video game specific engineering schools were coming Mm -hmm. out. And it's a I I, want to call it like the Harvard of video game schools uh, at the time, at least. And I was so intimidated and so and my self-esteem was so low that I didn't even bother to uh, apply because the majority of the people applying to the school were a lot of wealthy international kids who already had amazing talent. Like they looked like they could work in the industry already as it was. And I just felt like I wasn't good enough for that. And so I settled on the Art Institute of Seattle. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as, as we start to grow and we get older, uh, especially in our young adult phase, we start thinking that we know better. We know everything. Uh, and I, and I start to forget where I came from. Uh, and so at some point I want to say when I was 21 years old, uh, I decided that I knew better, uh, and, uh, moved out of my aunt's place. <laughs> and my school was, is, was a private school. It was incredibly expensive. You know, I had my car and, you know, I had a, uh, a girlfriend at the time and, and thought I was the best thing on the planet, uh, until things started to kind of fall apart. And I ended up homeless, uh, and. Uh, I slept in my car and showered out a 24 hour fitness while I went to college. Um, but while I was in college and while I was going through that, um, it was super hard to find a job, anything stable that I can really work. Uh, and somebody had, uh, uh, asked if I can do a flyer for them because I go to art school. And mm-hmm. so I did the flyer for them. And I remember this was, you know, I want to say 2001, I did the flyer for them for probably a hundred dollars. And the guy came up and he paid me for it. He was a real estate agent or something like that. And he paid me for the flyer and he's like, this is really good. You know, you should think about doing, you know, more flyers and websites and things like that. Uh, And that kind of was like the catalyst for, for kind of this switch from, you know, being someone who was only focused on video games and, and not realizing that there's this huge spectrum of things that I can, I can use my talents for. Uh, And so it started out making, you know, flyers. I jumped to like nightclub flyers. Uh, moved from those to um, you know I got my my first web client was uh, a jeweler in New York City and I had just, oh, wow. and I had been um and this was like a famous a famous guy uh, and just because of I don't want to say who it is just because of how this story kind
1: no, of I get it, it I get but, it
0: but um so this guy, uh, they emailed me and they're like, yeah, we would really love for you to do our website for us. We love your designs. You know, my design skills were, were great, but I, I didn't know anything about making a website. Uh, we want you to make this website. And um, so he presented two choices for me. He was like, I can give you uh, $10,000 in cash for the website, or I can give you $20,000 in diamonds and custom jewelry. Uh, and so... Uh, I I elected for the ring um, because I was dating the girl at the time. But uh, the the key point of this is I didn't know how to make a website (laughs) at all. (laughs) Um, And so I sat down and I was freaking out and I'm trying to get all of this stuff done. And um, I remember at the time it took me almost two days just to get uh, a page to to center on the screen. You know, like you go to some websites and they're centered on the screen. There's a little bit of a Barney side. Two days uh and i remember my girlfriend coming home at the time and and i'm so proud of myself and she's like that's that's it that that's what you got and i'm just like man like you don't even understand how 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 insanely difficult this programming stuff is but um you know somehow i scraped through it it, it certainly wasn't my best work but uh it, it it still managed to impress the the client um he had asked if i was flying out to see them and he thought i was like some big design studio or something uh, and I was like, "No, uh, you know, we we don't really fly out to do that." And had to come up with some kind of silly story because I don't even have four hundred dollars in my bank account at the time. Uh, but but from there, uh, from there, it kind of just bit bit this 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 bug on me. I was like, "Man, I can sit down at this computer, and it's still it's challenging, it's interesting." I always mm-hmm. tell people, programming is like diffusing a bomb, right? Like you've got this ridiculous problem in front of you that doesn't make any sense to anybody else except for you. And so I, I, I started to get this, this passion for it, you know, of really enjoying the fact that um, there's this secret language out there, tons of secret languages, and um, it's really hard for people to learn them. But once they learn them, it opens up all this this opportunity for you. You know, a lot, of, yeah. a lot of people take for granted when they pick up their cell phone, right? Like, everyone has a smartphone, and, you know, you touch your smartphone, and you're talking into it, and you're saying, like, you know, hey, Siri, hey, you know, Google… And we just take all of that stuff for granted, not really how amazing that is. And so that, that really fueled me to. And the
1: work work that goes into making that, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, there's, there's
0: thousands of people that work on just the, the Siri team alone, you know, you have scientists and, and electrical engineers and, you know, uh, uh, software engineers and all this stuff. Uh, And so. Uh, from there, it just really it, it just really became my thing. Like I wanted to learn more. I, I just couldn't stop. I mean, it, it, there's so many languages in programming to learn and so many new things and it never gets old. There's always something new. And so I felt like I was being more fulfilled in life at this point because you know, everywhere I turn, I could literally go to Barnes and Nobles today and there's gonna be some new language that I've never seen that does something cool. And, you know, you have to have it, you know, and you've got 20 books and you just, you just pour through them as you can. And, you know, you're listening to, you know, podcast on a way to work, you know, mm-hmm. on, on, you know, on your drive and you're learning new stuff. And, uh, and so, yeah, so that's, that's really how kind of I got, uh, you know, into that. And, you know, I started out kind of like freelancing, uh, and then, You know, over time, I I finally got I built up enough of a portfolio and enough, you know, true, solid engineering experience where, you know, bigger companies were starting to 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 look at me. And, uh, you know, I got to work for the Federal Reserve for a little bit, which was neat. Um, And, you know, from there, it just kind of expanded, uh, you know, to where I am today. So now now today I work as an engineering consultant.
1: Um so you mentioned languages and the different programming languages that you that you've learned along the way. Um for, for folks that are listening that are not into coding, that are not into kind of the engineering side of things or the nerdy side of things, I I know these things, but for some that may not be li- that may be listening, that don't understand, just kind of explain that a little bit, like languages. What do you mean exactly? Like just kind of go into a maybe a brief description of like what yeah, that sure. means and what that does.
0: So um well, I was there's there's a couple things, right? So if you have a web page, right? A web page is made out of one. They call it a language. It's not really a programming language, but they call it a language. And most people refer to of HTML, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I always tell people that HTML is like if you were to have a woman standing next to you, right? The HTML itself is the structure of that person. They're you know what they they are. They're bones. They have a nose. They have a head. They have a body. They have legs. They have feet, right? You're just describing a person, okay? And that's all that HTML does. It just describes the thing that you have, right? Uh, And then from there, you need different languages to solve different problems. Just like, you know, you're not going to take a hammer, you know, uh, to flip your pancake, you're going to take a spatula, right? So you pick the best language to uh, do the job. So uh, now that, like, say we have this woman standing in front of us, right? And she was made with HTML. That's the basic woman. Basic, generic, they all look the same. Okay. Then you need another language. Let's say, for example, CSS, uh, which is a language which uh, takes that structure and makes it pretty. Right. So now you could be like, I want this person to have a flat nose or I want them to have a long nose. I want them to have long hair. I want them to have short hair. I want them to have makeup on uh this is how i want their nails to be right. you know etc cetera, etc cetera. uh and then uh from there you need another language say for example they call them backend languages or business logic mm-hmm. uh and, and those languages are the mind right so how it operates uh and so uh that language might be something like php and in there it gives uh you the ability to create how they would think you know if i'm hungry I should go eat, you know, if I'm tired, I should sleep. Otherwise I should either work or spend time with my family. And so you have to break down really complicated stuff into these small little blocks of logic, right? So, right. Uh, and, and, and once you start to understand how these blocks work you can break down virtually anything in, into those ways. Uh, and then lastly, you use what we call like a front end language, which would be like JavaScript. So JavaScript is partially like back in the day when we had MySpace and you would put those little codes in and customize your page. Part of that is like JavaScript, making all the little stuff on the front. And that's kind of like the reaction layer. Like, you know, if somebody says something foul to me, you know, how do I react? I might because, you know, we naturally react to stuff and then we think about it right afterwards. Right. So somebody may say something crazy to you and you're like, you know, you react you know, negatively to it. But then your brain kicks in and then your brain has to decide, do I want to continue to react negatively to this or am I going to let this go or how am I going to handle this situation?
1: Interesting. Yeah. No, I I love that you broke it down that way. Um, For for some folks that, because I mean, you know, I mean, even though we are in 2020, I mean, there's a lot of people that don't understand this stuff. So, and so we don't want to get too bogged down in the weeds about it. So, but but it's it's, it's cool, but it's cool to, 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 to kind of get a breakdown from it. So just from listening to your story, you kind of in a way you kind of stumbled onto to this passion of yours. It wasn't something that kind of just I mean I, you, you, it, I, I mean, I think I kind of I think I've kind of winded around it because I mean, I, ultimately, I, I wanted to do games.
0: But right. games is still fundamentally the same thing. I mean, I program games nowadays, too, for other clients. But um, the, the reality is, is that regular software engineering for, quote unquote, boring things is far more uh, lucrative than making video games. Hmm. Um. so that just kind
1: of why is that specifically
0: um i i think that simply because there's a a, a larger market for things i mean if, you know take for example facebook right right um there are far more people that use facebook than are going to play uh grand theft auto you know or, or nba 2k right right so right. if, if you got a if you've got a 60 dollar $60 game right uh and you're selling it at retail for sixty. That means that you're selling it wholesale for thirty. Okay, so then from that thirty dollars, the game company itself, the publisher, like say it's let, let's say uh, it's on you know Xbox, Microsoft gets a cut of that. Okay, uh, and then the publisher's got to get a cut of that, and then there's tons of stuff. So you actually only see like uh, you know after manufacturing everything like seven dollars, and that sounds crazy to people that you really only make seven dollars on a sixty-five dollar game, right? But sure. But Facebook, you know, which primarily, you know, hinges on advertising for things, there are far more people trying to sell stuff. Uh, So, you know, to show your advertisement to a thousand people on Facebook uh, could be anywhere between, you know, uh, $10 to a couple thousand dollars, depending on what market you're in. Right. Right. So Facebook is just raking in money because they have this huge user base. That's able to be eyeballs for something. So, we always say this thing at work that if you aren't paying for the product, then you are the product. So, I'm saying hmm. it again so that people really let like this sink this in because this is super true. If you aren't paying for the product, you are the product, right? So, right. when you buy your car, you paid for it, right? So, you shouldn't expect for, you know, or your computer. I say your computer. You buy your computer, you paid for that computer. Right. So that's why or you're even your phone. That's why your phone has to ask you permission to do stuff. Can I listen to your recording? Can I see your photos so that I can do things because you paid for this phone? But if you didn't pay for the phone, they'd be like, oh, well, you know, in exchange for giving you this phone, we're going to record all your data. We're going to analyze your photos. We're going to you know, do all this, this and that, because you've now become the product. So when you're on Facebook, the reason why you don't you don't pay for Facebook is because Facebook's making money off the fact that you they're selling you.
1: Right. Yeah. Right so no so that's why you kind of sign away all your you know for people that don't get it for that, that's why you kind of that's why facebook and other social media companies have this problem with data and data retrieval from these different corporations that they paid to, to have you know that's why when you could go on that's why you've been looking at you know shoes on amazon and facebook has an ad for you for shoes in a exactly. matter of minutes mm-hmm. you know it, you know stuff like that so it's, it's yeah it's it's amazing to think about it yeah that you know you essentially are the product when you are on a social media site you know so that's why people who wonder like oh why is social media free like why is it that i can go on twitter create a page and have you know a hundred thousand followers or whatever you know you are the product you are the you are the goods you know essentially so Mm -hmm.
0: so just to circle back essentially because of that um the the earning capacity is just lower uh for games uh and so um oftentimes you'll find that people um especially with really high-end games uh got into them later on in their career after they've already really established themselves elsewhere, uh, and made their money elsewhere. And now they're just doing it because they love to do it, you know? Uh, but, uh, if you have like kind of, uh, the, the passion for that, uh, depending on where you live and there's, you know, there's so many, so many factors that go into that. I mean, the cost of living where, you know, I live is insanely high. I couldn't, I couldn't sustain myself on uh, a, a video game salary.
1: Right. Right, no, I, I love that you broke it down like that. I mean, because you know, obviously, people hear video games and they're like, "Oh, you know," they think of right. the market and the and the, and, the, and how big the video game community is. But then when you actually sit down and break it down, you know how much these games are selling for the, the market. Because in, in a way, gaming is still kind of a niche. You know, product. You know, what I mean, it's it's still a niche in, in in that sense. So it's not like Facebook, where I mean, your grandmother's on Facebook. You know, what yeah, I mean, like your, yeah. your 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 second aunt is on Facebook. You know, that's not the case necessarily in video games.
0: Yeah, I still know grown adults. You know, to this day, that still call you know a PlayStation Four a Nintendo. Like all oh, my kids right, playing my Nintendo. Yeah,
1: my mom. Yeah, exactly. You know?
0: yeah, uh, yeah. So it's not it's not as uh, ubiquitous um, as people would think. Um, and so it's getting there, but, it, you know, I think it just really boils down to, you know, the cost of living where you, you know, where you're at, because, you know, say for example, in Seattle, uh, you couldn't really live on 50 or 60 K, you know, yeah. which is, which is an average, an average gaming salary. Uh, and to a lot of places elsewhere, 50 to 60 K is amazing. Like if I lived in like, say, you know, NorCal Sacramento stocked in somewhere around there, El Grove I, I would take 50 K in a heartbeat it would be a great, it would be a great salary, you know, but, you know, just, it just really depends on, on where you're at. If you're in a, a, a city where, uh, you know, the salary that they're offering you is sustainable, then, then go for it. But it's, it's just all about research and, and, and making sure that, you know, you find an area that fits uh, with your needs.
1: Um, so what was the most rewarding project you ever worked on while you were freelancing? What was the thing that you're like most proud of? Um, Um,
0: Oh, that's, that's a super easy one. Uh, So a couple years back uh, I made a website um, that had no financial interest for me whatsoever. It it was not ever meant to make any money and never was going to make any money. There was no ads. There was nothing on the website. Uh, Literally all it was, was um, think about it like a a Facebook post box, right? Where you could type something and the website was called counting karma and all it really did was you would go on the website and you weren't allowed to say who you were you weren't allowed to use any names everything wasn't anonymous you were allowed to post pictures but outside of that all you were allowed to do was make a post about something nice you did today and that's it that's all it was and and, and it would it would geo locate where that happened. Uh, and just to kind of uh, explain what geolocation is essentially uh when you do actions on your phone or on your computer, uh, 99% of that time, that stuff can be tracked uh, right. into a really precise area. And so uh, when people would geolocate these things, I would space it out a bit so that it's not identifying them as a person, uh, but then it would plop it on a heat map. So a heat map is kind of like uh, you know, that predator vision that you would see in the old predator movies and the more activity you had in a certain area, the brighter it would get. And so it was just this really neat project where people would just be able to do nice things and you would watch this heat map spread out of people doing nice stuff.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: Yeah. And that was, that was, that was, uh, I think, I think that's probably, you know, engineering wise, that's the thing that I'm most proud of just because, um, you know, a lot of stuff often gets tied to doing it because of, uh, monetary, monetary drive. Uh, and so to be able to just make something and say I'm just making this because I want to make it and I think it's cool um, and I don't have to make money on this, you know, is is a good feeling, you know, because a yeah, lot it's of people. it's just times- a
1: passion product. It's just a passion product. It's not such a, It's not something that you're like I have to make it or I'm I'm bound to make it. Like you said, yeah, it's just something that I'm doing because I love to do. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I get it. I totally get it. Absolutely. So, you know, now we've got a little bit of an idea who you are, your story or whatever. Talk to us about this project, man, that you're working on right now. Uh, This Kickstarter, just kind of don't, don't hesitate to go into detail, man. Just kind of tell us what it is, what's uh, what the origins of it were and uh, what can we expect from it?
0: Sure. So, uh, in order to do that, uh, to explain the story, I got to I got to hop back to something that was kind of missed uh, in, in my hat, in my past. Um, so um, in 2007, I had a daughter, but she passed away of SIDS.
1: Oh, man. Sorry. Here,
0: and uh, that was really devastating for me. Uh, and it really rocked and changed my life. And it changed my life so much that I disappeared off the face of the planet for five years. And uh, I moved to California. I stopped contact with everybody that I knew. Uh, and I kind of lived on on you know w- with myself and didn't really interact with anyone. And all I would do is I would get up in the morning and I would go to the gym. Uh, and then I would just walk and walk and walk and walk. I had so much money saved up at the point that I could just live off savings for quite some time. Um, and one day... I'm walking in a shopping plaza and I see a, a store uh, uh, and it was called Metropolis Comics. It's, it's unfortunately closed down now, but there was like 80 people in this store. And so, you know, whenever you see a big crowd of people, you're kind of curious. So you walk inside and uh, I see a bunch of people, all different ages, races, everything. And they're all sitting down and they're playing a card game. And so I'm curious. And so I walk in and, uh, you know, so I ask somebody who looks like they're not busy. Hey, what is everyone doing? And they're like, oh, this is uh, we're playing this card game called Yu-Gi-Oh! It's really cool. Yeah, you should check it out. And so, you know, he kind of had this really good energy about him. So it sucked me in. I was like, "Okay, sure, I'll I'll come in. I'll check it out. So I sit down and he starts explaining to me this card game and um, I'm like, "Okay, well, that's pretty cool. And he's like, yeah, so uh, here, here's a bunch of cards. You can have these if you want, so you can learn how to play this game. And a lot of times people don't really uh, go out of their way to bring people into something or even are generous enough to just be like, here, let me, you you can have these. Right. Uh, And so I thought that was really neat. Uh, And so um, because of the situation with my kid, uh, I ended up going to the store every day and I was playing it so much and I started realizing that, you know, I was laughing and maybe I wasn't happy at first, but I wasn't thinking about it constantly, mm-hmm. you know, and I got to sit down and I'm focused on these cards and on these people in front of me and learning about them. And it's a very social thing. You know, you're playing this card game and you're talking to these people about their day uh, for hours on end. And, um, you know, I finally, I finally got to a place in my life where I, I got healthy again. I moved back to Uh, Seattle in 2015 and I continued um, to play this card game and you know I made tons of friendships along the way there's people now that I've known since 2010 that I'm still friends with just because of this game Uh, and so when I was in Seattle uh, there's a a smaller city called Renton in uh, in Washington called Renton uh, and there's a card store in Renton called Shane's Cards and I would go into this store to play the game and one day I went into the store and, uh, I, I started to notice something, the, the environment or the, the vibe about the game had changed. It used to be about community and having fun and sharing these moments with each other. And now it was all about, uh, who has the best deck, who has the most money to spend on these cards. Uh, and these cards can, a single piece of cardboard can be $500. Wow. And you'll need like three of them in a deck. Like currently a lot of my friends are in Las Vegas right now playing in a large event for this game. And the best deck you can play right now costs you around $1,500. Jeez, You know, so the game had had spiraled out of control to this point where it wasn't really uh, a fun game that everyone can play. It was about who has money to spend on this game. And some of the players who had the money to spend on this game, uh, would, uh, you know, talk trash about uh, the people who didn't. Oh, you're a scrub, you're garbage, this game, you you know, you suck. And it has nothing to do with the fact that they're good or bad. It's just that they may not have a thousand dollars. They may not have a hundred dollars, you know, and they just want to, they just want to have a, a, a good time and, you know, do something, something fun. What, just, just,
1: just quickly. What, why did why did that why did that change happen? Like in your opinion, like what uh, what what, what caused that?
0: The, the company itself uh, reinforces that behavior. So uh, the game is made the the game is made by Konami, uh, and Konami uh, primarily makes the majority of their money in gambling uh, in Asia, uh, and a lot of their uh, external uh, investments, like video games, they make video games, Metal Gear Solid, stuff like that, uh, are a drop in the bucket to how much money they make on gambling. Um, and so uh, there, this particular card game that they own, uh, they release the cards in Asia uh, three months before they are released in America. And there's no necessary rhyme or reason to how they print the cards in Asia. Uh, but then they watch the Asian market to see which cards bubble up to the top, which cards are good, which cards are strong, you know? And, When they finally come to America, they change how they print the cards. They make the best cards very hard to actually get. Wow. Because they use the Asian market as market research to say, oh, this is the best card in the pack. Everybody's going to watch this. Everybody sees in Japan this is the best card. So as soon as the Americans get it, they're going to want this card. So let's print one per case. So a case of cards is $760. Let's print one or two per case and make them chase for it. Let's wow. cater to gambling. Let's get kids going in there and buying a pack of cards and getting disappointed when they don't pull it and have to buy another box. Oh man, I pulled back just one more box, just one more box and just create. It just all is based on their whole business model of gambling.
1: Interesting. See, I didn't you know, know that. that. That's crazy. I, I learned something new there. I did not know that.
0: You know, so when you, when you see kids and uh, you know, it basically they're, they're, Kids don't have the impulse control that adults have. And often adults don't even have the same impulse control, which is why gambling is so addicting, you know, but if you put, you know, a kid's favorite characters in front of them and they like Pokemon, for example, and their favorite one is I'll just use Pikachu because that's probably the one that most people are going to know. Right. And their favorite character is Pikachu and they want to get a Pikachu card. The company knows that. So they'll print one Pikachu card in every 400 cards so you're opening up packs and packs and packs of cards just because you want a Pikachu card. You know, so they're the company's happening because you know, they're you're getting sucked into their, their, their gambling practices. Um, and you know, the, a lot of the people don't even realize that that's what's happening to them and that they're basically, you know, getting ran for their money, uh, to, to do this. So, um, that was getting frustrating to me. Uh, And I finally decided that I wanted to make a game when, um, there was a kid, he would go into the store and, Mm -hmm. uh, he had leukemia and he was dying. And when you're in late stage leukemia, I'm not even going to lie. Like it just, every time I saw this kid, it just, it, it both like mortified me and broke my heart at the same time, because it really reminds you of like how fragile our lives are. He's like 14 years old and he's not gonna live much longer he's got like this his mom is walking with him and she carries this oxygen tank for him and he's emaciated and you know he's got his mask on and you know you can see it in her eyes how how painful this is for her and he just wants to play this game and you know she would buy cards for him all the time anything he wanted right hundreds if not thousands of dollars she would walk in the store and she would spend for him just because that's what made him happy and he'd walk around the store and i remember he came up to me and he said um, hey, is this a good card? And he showed me a card. I don't, I don't remember specifically which card it was, but it was expensive at the time. It's probably a hundred dollars. I'm like, yeah, man, this is a, it's a good card. Good job. You know, it's like worth like a hundred bucks. And he goes, you can have it. And I kind of looked at him, and I'm like, look, this is your card, um, and I want you to keep it. And you don't need to give anybody your cards in here to have friends. Um. And it was at that it was at that point when I was like i I felt like I wanted to make something um to change the way that this game is going it got it just felt really gross to me right. uh that that it's the point where you know um this kid doesn't get any attention and nobody wants to play with him but they all will you know when his mom comes in to buy him cards they're all around him they all want to hang out with him they all want to get his cards and you know basically rip him off for all of his stuff and he's dying um so i sat down you know i talked to my uh my boss at the time and they're like you know this is a good idea this is something that you should do uh uh and so i, I set out to really change the way that you know uh, card games are uh, approached almost every card game on the market since the very first one that was popular, which was Magic: The Gathering. <laughs> um, they've all been designed this way. They all artificially uh, limit popular cards that you buy and you buy and you buy and you spend hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars to play this game. Uh, and for me, I said I don't want to do that. I, I want I want to be able to play this game. Uh, I want you know twelve year olds to play this game. I want. You know, 18-year-olds who have $40 to their name for the whole month because that's all they have after paying their bills to be able to just have something to have fun with. Um, And so I designed this to be not random. Instead of going to the store and buying a package of random cards and you don't know if you've got good cards or if you just spent $10 on garbage, Mm. uh, mine is uh, you buy the game and you get every single card in the game. Uh, without, without having to guess, uh, and for a reasonable price, right? So then you're not spending, uh, r- right now I think we're doing 30, $30 is the, is the starter kit price. That's what you need to, to basically get into the game, right? Right. Uh, so that $30 price to get every single card is let is less than half of what it costs to buy a box of Pokemon cards or a box of Yu-Gi-Oh cards. It's like one fourth the price of a box of magic cards. Magic cards are like one hundred and twenty dollars or something like that.
1: Oh, really, a, bo- I a box? Didn't even know that. Wow.
0: And here is the scary thing: for that one hundred and twenty dollar box of cards, you figure you'd be able to play the game, right? Right. Not even close. You can't even make a functional deck out of those cards.
1: Wow. That's so, crazy.
0: Yeah. So for me, I, I wanted to approach this and say, hey, I don't. I don't care if you're ten. You're 20, you're 30, you're 80. You pay your 30 dollars. That's more than enough to be able to. If you pay 30 dollars for something, you should be able to play with it, And not just put it in a binder somewhere and be like, "Oh, cool, I'm going to look at these drawings." Uh, And so, so I finally, I finally, you know, had discovered this this concept and was like, "Okay, I I think this is a a good approach." Uh, And so, kind of circling back on the whole video game thing, um, you know, I've always loved games. And games pretty much were uh, were not where I ended up, but it's where I started. It's where my dream started. Um, and so um, when I was 12, a video game had came out, and that video game is what got me into all this stuff. And if it wasn't for that video game, I probably wouldn't have been a programmer. I could have been, you know, something else. Uh, and so my daughter is named after a character in that game. And so, and so because of that, and because of that joy of games, uh, the company uh, is named after my daughter, Um, you know, to kind of just signify the, you know, the circling around of, uh, of all of those kind of life experience and uh, of what got me to where, you know, I am now. Uh, So uh, yeah. So then I guess from there, uh, you know, we just uh, spent a lot of time, you know, really, you know, prototyping this out, you know, drawing out things on uh, three by five cards and, uh, you know, testing continuously and trying to make something that I genuinely enjoyed to play. that gave me the same challenge and vibe that the other game did. Uh, and then, you know, just spent another couple of years trying to find, you know, the right manufacturers to do all this stuff and get the quality level that I wanted Uh and still be able to, you know, make something where obviously you can make some money so that you can keep making the game. But at the same time, I didn't have to go the same route as the other guys of putting these cards in random boxes and telling mm-hmm. you to, to to good luck.
1: So, a couple things before you you continue. So. Mm-hmm talk to me about the creative process of it. Like, so you sit down, you have this concept, everybody agrees is a great concept. So talk to me about the creative process of actually like, okay, sitting down, planning this thing out, beginning to end. Like, w- where do you start? Cause I don't know anything about this. So I, sure. so teach me, like if someone's out there trying to think of some, something similar, a similar project, like uh-huh. talk to me about the creative process that you took that you undertook to say like, okay, this is this, I have a concept, I have an idea Now let's put pen to paper. And then from there graduate to something bigger where we have a finished product. Sure.
0: So I would say, uh, for any project, um, first of all, don't try to make a project of something that you don't already enjoy just because you think that it's going to be something dope or amazing because it's, Mm -hmm. it's, you don't have to, you don't have the vibe for that. Right. So, um, But I already have experience playing card games Uh, and I I, I played a bunch of different ones. And so uh, the initial thing I did was uh, I went out and I bought a bunch of a bunch of different packs from different card games, even the ones that I didn't play, you know, so that I can really look at them and go, why did I even not even bother playing this at all? You know, I didn't even look at this game, you know, and and, and play through these games and sat down with, with my friends and said, hey, let's you know, I know this probably might be boring or whatever, but let's just try this game out so I can see, you know, what it's about. So I can learn what I like and what I dislike about it. And so I started to get a list of all the different things that I liked and disliked. Um, and then once I had all of that down, uh, then, um, I think, how did I start? I started with, uh, looking for some, uh, I guess some core, uh, unifying elements, you know, a lot of, you know, find the things that are similar in all the games all the games have some kind of monster or thing that fights. They all have attack. They all have defense. You know, they all have some, you know, uh, abilities that they can do like magic spells or whatever they can do uh, and find those commonalities. Uh, And then once I have those commonalities, uh, then it's just like a, I want to say like a cooking recipe, right? Like your grandma may teach you how to make some food or teach your mom how to make some food, but then your mom may put a spin on it and then she teaches you uh, how she did it. And then you're going to get it and you're going to look at it and you go, okay, yeah, yeah, I like this. I'm I'm, I'm feeling this. This is good. Uh, but let me try just throwing some jalapenos in here really quick and seeing how that, how that, how that, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I like the jalapenos or, I, you know, you start, okay, well, you know, this might, this might actually be good, like on some eggs, who knows, right? right? So you start remixing stuff essentially. Uh, and, and from there, then you start to build your own, your own identity, your own voice, Right. And and this is before you even have any pictures of anything, no images. You're just dealing with text and mechanics and concepts, right? So, you know, now I got these three by five index cards, and you know, you start you start building out the your 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 concepts, right? So, my first early concepts felt probably just like any of the other games, right? Because you're you're still trying to find your find your voice, uh, and then you start you know, adding those different spices and seasonings to it and things start to, you know, progressively change. And so you go through, you know, different, different versions. You're like, okay, this is the first version of the game. Let me test this out. And then you may, you know, have some people play your game and they go, Oh, this is too much. Oh, this reminds me of this thing in the other game in Pokemon or something. So you go, okay, this is too similar to that. How can I improve this? How can I spice this up a bit so that it it's new and fresh and, and, and they're excited about it. Uh, you know you're going to go over, you know, hundreds, hundreds of of, of times uh, that you're going to go through this design process. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually things start to kind of solidify, and once those things start to solidify, uh, then then you start thinking about like what's what's going to look like, right? Um, and I always tell people, um, it's not a real project for you until you put some money into it. Absolutely. Right? It's just a hobby. You're just doing it as a hobby. So, you know, I'll admit when I first started it, it was probably a hobby, right? But until you put down a a real chunk of change on something, right? And then you're like, okay, now I really need to do this because, you know, I I don't put some money into it. Even if it fails, it's fine if it fails. It's fine if whatever you do, your project fails, right? But once you put some money into your project, you got to see your project all the way to the end, right? Because otherwise you're just saying that you don't care about your, your own, you know, your own money and your own time, right? So then I finally commissioned my first, my first artist. Um, I, uh, my daughter's mixed with Vietnamese. Um, and so I thought that, uh, it would be good for me to, um, work with Vietnamese artists, uh, just so that I can learn more about uh, the culture, uh, and, 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 and feel connected in a way. Uh, so I reached out to some artists, uh, to find out, you know, what their average pay was, um, for doing art and, I was actually surprised with what the numbers came back and they were a lot lower than I expected. Uh, so it is my belief that if you treat people solidly, that they will treat you back the same. Absolutely. So, I, so I said to these guys, this guy, I said, look, man, uh, this is insanely low. I'm going to pay you three times what you're asking. Right. Because, you know, for, for three times, what you're asking is still cheaper than what it would cost for me to get it done. stateside. So I'm still right. winning. Right but I want you to win too, right? I want you to feel like your, 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 your effort is, is being, is being rewarded that you're leveling up that you're growing. Right. And so uh, he was like, sure. So, you know, I got this guy and he sent me back my first piece of art and I was impressed with it. Um, And I showed it to friends and, you know, started to get that, you know, it's, it's, it's still, you know, an echo chamber, right. You know, you're going to, you're going to show it to your friends and your friends are always going to tell you it's amazing. right? Right. Even if it's not, uh even no matter how 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 you know solid your friend is it's, it's gonna happen, right? Uh but at least at least it gets you hyped for it, right? So now I'm hyped for this, I'm I'm excited and you know you start you start going all in in it, right? And whenever you wanna you wanna build something, uh you gotta you gotta sacrifice. You gotta sacrifice a lot. Right? There's there's been months where, you know, I've I've had twelve dollars in my bank account, you know, just because you know you're throwing so much money into to making this, this dream possible. And, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, you have to feel like you're living on the edge to, to make your dreams come true, but sometimes you, you got it. Right. 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 Absolutely. Um, uh, but, but, you know, then, then, then things start to to really get defined and really start to form up uh, and, and you start to, you know, see people start to take notice right? Because you're putting in that real effort that, you know, you genuinely care about this and you know, how, how it's, how it's played. Um, You know, start I start, I start shipping it around and uh, you know, getting this feedback. And then I start, you know uh, you you know, you make a Facebook page uh, and I start getting people, you know, on a Facebook page and that's, you know, that's growing, you know, every day, like it's so cool right now to, to be on Facebook. And I'm just sitting there and I get these notifications all day. This random person liked it and this person liked it and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll find myself, you know, on a the the, the end of a, an interview call. I had a, a, a guy, uh, he called me up and he's like, hey, you know, I saw your game and we want to do like a YouTube interview. So I did a YouTube interview for the game. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to say the, the the player's name, uh, but an NFL player reached out and, and was like, look, you know, I actually really love card games. So, you know, I'd love to see where this kind of progresses. You know, so I... Uh, you know, even that in my own mind is like a, a, a really cool success, you know, to have this, this NFL player, yeah, you know, reach out to me. I'm, you know, I'm just a small fry, you know, and, and reach out to me and say, you're doing something cool and I like it. I want you to send it to my house, you know? Um, and, and, and so, you know, I, I, I made sure that um, you know, it took a little bit longer than expected to get it to him, but I, you know, I explained to him, look, you know, uh I, I want to make sure that what gets in your hands is the best that I can I can do. So even if you're disappointed with it, I cannot be disappointed in it. Because, you know, that's that's the best that I could put out at the time, right? Right. Um and uh you know, then then you know you start formulating stuff, you get the website up. Uh, you know, I got my first couple stores you know, without me, without me cold calling. And it's a crazy feeling when you're selling something and somebody comes to you asking to buy it. Right. Right. I had a store, they, the even stores are emailing me and they're saying, Hey, you know, I've got, I've got some, I've got some guys coming into my store, you know, my game store. And they're asking about this game. You know, I need to know how I can order this game from you and how I can start running events at my store. Uh, and so you get these little small wins, these small victories, you know, uh, and you just kind of just, you know, keep pushing with the momentum uh, and, and kind of keep things rolling, you know, and, and you just try to see it all the way to the end.
1: Was there a part was there a part in, in the creation of this that just got too difficult or too hard or, you know, even just a part where you kind of felt like, oh, I don't know, man, this this might not be worth it or whatever. Like, w- was there a part in the in the entire process that 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 came to be or that almost came to be?
0: Oh, Oh, man, all the time all the right. time. So, um, you know, when you first start, when you first start doing anything, um, you know, it's new, it's fun. Right. Until the real work settles in. Right. Then it's not fun no more. Right. 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 So, yeah. so you know, then, then I'm seeing all this money, you know, going out of my pocket, you know, I'm paying all these people and you start having these doubts, right. You're like, man, I'm spending all this money trying to get this game out the door and I'm nobody. You know, I'm just, I'm just this guy that, that works and just like everybody else, I'm just a regular person and nobody's going to care about this, you know? Right. Um, so there, there actually have been times where I, I, I had stopped working, you know, like, like for a couple months, um, you know, I just didn't do anything. I didn't, I didn't hire out for any arts. I didn't, I didn't update anything. And then just kind of sat and you get into these funks. It's like this weird depression, uh, uh, you, you know, about your project. You know, and really, the only thing that would that would that would kind of kick me out of it, and I'll and I'll be you know, utterly honest. You know, if, if I if people didn't come and ask me about it, I probably would have just dropped it because you know you get into these mindsets of, you know, uh, there's nothing special about my project. My project's not, you know, not anything that people care about. You know, if they want to play a game, they're gonna go get some game on Xbox or right. you know something cool. They're gonna get something they know. They know NBA Two K. You know, they don't they don't know what this is. There's nothing in it. But, but you know, when when I go into the store, the card store, and people aren't asking me about Yu-Gi-Oh! anymore, they're like, "Hey Nick, like uh, anything new in your card game?" And I don't have anything to tell them because it's been three months. But you know that that made me feel that made me feel really really good. You know, it it re would it would reignite that spark. You know, and eventually you get to a point. You know, it's like a hill, right? Eventually you get to the top of the hill, mm-hmm. right? And 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 from there it evens out. Right. You start feeling confident uh in, in the project. You start, you know, seeing results, you start getting back samples from manufacturers, you know, uh um here, yeah. let me see if I can I don't know if you saw, but like there's that little video, like that metal card, you know, you, you start getting yeah, stuff yeah, like in the mail. Yeah, I saw it, yeah. And um, excuse me. Uh you start getting this stuff back in the mail from like these people and you're really looking at this like, wow, this is this is real. I'm really doing this, I'm really accomplishing this. You know, and you start you stop worrying about am I gonna am I gonna succeed at this? Because really the success is the fact that, you know, I spent four years figuring out all these tiny little things and and, and you know, working with language barriers and calling people mm-hmm. in China and working with manufacturers and, and America and all over the place, trying to find the right person for the right job <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> to to make all these things for me. You know, and, and at the end of the day, when I finally sit down, you know, and I push the button for this to go live, I know that I've 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 leveled up my my confidence. I've leveled up my people skills. I've leveled up uh, my ability to do business, um, you know, my ability to complete projects. So there's all of this growth that you get that you you sometimes don't think about. You know, uh, so regardless of where the project goes, uh, I still have all of that, you know, right. so you just, you just go, okay. Uh, you know, I did this project and, you know, let's say, let's say it doesn't fail. I mean, let's say it fails. <laughs> then you just look, you just sit back and you look at it and you go, okay, why did it fail? You know, it could be people just aren't interested in it at a big enough level. It could be, you know, um, you know, the, the marketing wasn't right or the timing wasn't right or whatever it may be. But, at that point, you know, you should be able to honestly sit down and look at your product completed and and go, okay, yeah, I can see why, why that makes sense, you know? And then you just go, all right, it's time to, it's time to, you know, take a break for a little bit, relax, enjoy the fact that, you know, I have the successes that I have, which are, you know, I learned all the different things that I learned, right? And have success and failure, right? right? Because if you can't, if you can't, have success and failure if you can't see your wins when you fail you're never ever going to succeed in something right because you don't just you don't just wake up in the morning and 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 succeed you know Kobe and Jordan they don't they didn't just wake up and be like cool you know granted sure they had the genetics for it right but them dudes shot thousands and thousands and thousands of the same jumper the same layup over and over and over again and put all that work in. I just saw something the other day about like how, you know, a Jordan quote where he was talking about how like he'd been trusted with the game winning shot, like 300 times or, you know, or, or 300 times he, he missed the game winning shot. Yeah. you know. So if it, but, but every time he took that shot, you know, there was still some success. There was still some confidence being built so that eventually, cause you know, like if you put in that position, right. And you got, and you're in that game winning shot and you're playing sports, I've, I've been there. Right. I didn't even want the ball. I don't want to shoot this. Right. But. Right. But and he probably felt like that, you know, early on. But the more you do it and the more times you fail, there's also going to be more times you win. You know, so eventually you're going to get the ball and, you go I got this. It's easy. This is what I do because I've been doing this. Right. So, uh, you know, for this, it's like, all right, well, you know, if this if this doesn't succeed, I, I feel like I still won. So that I can, I, can, I can take a break and then boom. All right, what's the next? What's the next thing that comes in my and mind? you
1: and you don't and you don't look back with regret, saying like, damn, I wish I would have went for it. I wish exactly. I would have did that. You know, what I mean, yeah. you did it your way. You did it how you wanted to. Okay, it may not have worked. And and like you said, maybe the timing wasn't right. Maybe you didn't do a good job. Maybe people didn't like it. Maybe, people didn't, maybe people didn't get it. And maybe all those things are true. And maybe mm-hmm. everything was perfect about it, and it just didn't work. And having the self awareness and the self, like, yo, okay, maybe just it didn't work. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no skin off my game. Yeah, it's going to hurt. I mean, because of course, when you put your, your love and your passion into something and it doesn't work or it doesn't succeed, of course it hurts. Absolutely. But I think you also feel there is a, there is a, there is a, a, a self satisfactory, like at least I did it and I, and I, and I went all the way. I didn't stop. I didn't, you know, I didn't get too scared to finish or to see the, see the full results. You went for it and you, and it, and it worked. Or mm-hmm. it didn't work. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's that's very important, man. That's because, that's, of course, people who listen to this, you know, there's a lot of people that are, that are artists in their own ways or creators in their own way. This show, this podcast is a perfect example. You know, I've been doing this for four years and I and this was always something that I wanted to do and I'm doing it, you know, and it may work, it may not work, but at least I know I did it. I did it my way. Mm-hmm. And the same thing for your, vid- for your for your card game. It's just like that passion to just see something through, finish it out, go through the ups and downs, the pendulum swings that, that go into any project. Um but at the end of the day, feel proud and and satisfied that at least I went through the journey and and it, and it and I did it my way. You know what I'm saying? Exactly.
0: And that's that's ultimately what life's about. It's like it's you know it's it's definitely not ever the destination. It's just a ride. You know you're gonna go on, you're gonna go on a trip and you're gonna you're gonna experience stuff. And when you get to where you're going, it's it's done. So you better enjoy it while you know while you're doing it because you know then you're gonna look back and go, man, I was I was too busy worried about where I was going. Right. I didn't I didn't see you know what I was doing.
1: One one thing before we, we kinda wrap up, but so you mentioned the actual money making process of it. You know, uh-huh. you, you, you kinda you kinda glanced over it a little bit. So uh, let me play devil's advocate for a little bit, right? We talked about all these card games and the, and their kind of their business and these companies that own them and, the, and their kind of business practices or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if I play devil's advocate for a little bit, you know, one would say, well, this is the way we can make money. I don't know the card game industry, so you can break that down to me better. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't you if you were playing devil's advocate, or if I was playing devil's advocate, wouldn't I be able to say, okay, by doing this, by creating this kind of mass hysteria and this interest of like, which card, you know, attracting this card, getting this card in this deck or whatever, and making people spend the money and the money and the money. Yes, it's unethical, but it's the only way that we can realistically make money. Do you agree with that or, or challenge me on that? And I'm just playing devil's advocate. Okay. I,
0: I, I highly disagree with that. Uh, and so let me, let me elaborate. Why? Um, uh firstly um the cost of actually making all this stuff is not is not as high as people think for almost anything you know mm-hmm. your iPhone your iPhone XS Max that they sell to you for $1500 costs $200 to make they get $1300 in profit to sell you an apple logo Granted, the phones have been, you know, I, I wasn't really too keen on Apple phones a couple of years back, but granted now are I mean, they're amazing devices, right? But there's still $1,500 in profit, right? Uh, and so for me, I strongly believe that you can make everyone happy in the supply chain, the logistics chains of a business, right? And still make money, right? I can make sure that the player is happy. I can make sure that the stores that are selling the product that have to see these people every day are happy. You know, and I can make sure that the business is happy without having to uh, create a predatory environment. You know, like I don't know if you got if you've heard anything about how like the loot boxes, right? They're trying to do all this stuff with loot boxes. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I have.
0: So loot box, you know, for anyone listening that doesn't know, uh, is essentially uh, a digital box that you open up in a video game uh, with random stuff in it, <laughs> and you don't know what you're gonna get, but you paid real money for this, right? So the government is saying that, Hey, these are predatory. This is bad, right? But what's the difference between a digital loot box and a pack of cards when they function exactly the same? It's the same thing. You're opening up a pack of cards and you don't know what's in there, hoping to get something cool and you don't. So you buy another one and you don't, and you buy another one. So sure. Those companies, uh, you know, are are raking in millions of dollars hands over foot, right? But I, I don't think that you necessarily need to uh approach a business that way. And I think that times are changing, you know, especially in games, you know, people uh in, in the board game kind of industry are getting kind of tired of that. They're tired of, you know, I spent eighty five dollars on a box of cardboard and open it and now it's worth four. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you say to somebody, hey this box right here is $30 and what you're getting is $30 in product and you know exactly what you're buying, you know, because you're not going to go to T-Mobile and be like, yeah, uh, you know, um, I want to get a new phone and they go, yeah, sure. No problem. Uh, but we're doing the loot box system now. So you actually don't get to pick an iPhone. Uh, what you can do is you could pay a small fee of $20 and then, uh, we'll randomly give you a phone. Right. Right. So you're like, you're like, okay, sure, fine. Right? So you you open up a phone and you've got uh you've got a Razor phone uh from like nineteen ninety-nine or something crazy, and you go, I'm not really feeling this, I need touch screen. And you go, Oh, well, sorry, you know, better luck next time. So you go, all right, let me try again. Right? No one, you're not gonna you're not gonna buy a phone like that. Right. Right? So That's why right. should kid why should kids have to buy buy their games like that? You know? Why should they go to the store and be like, I want a Pikachu card? Give them a the Pikachu card. Just, just you know, let them buy it. You know, build your model. Build your model in a way that it's financially sustainable. You know, I'm like, like you know, I'll, I'll be, I'll be frank. Like the way that the model is set up, you know, uh, it's designed so that this game can still be profitable, like very healthily profitable. You know, so that I can continue to grow, so that I can hire on people. You know, so that I can. Uh, you know, expand this and, and, and go into other things, you know, maybe it's making video games. Maybe it's, you know, we have comic books we're making and all this different kind of stuff, but you know, you've got to pay these people to make all this stuff. Right. Right. Uh, so the game's designed to be able to make money. It, it very much can make money. Uh, but it makes money. And I, you know, like you said, I think the keyword is just an ethical way. It says, Hey, I want you to have something of value or perceive true perceived value for it. I don't want you to gamble for it. You know, And I want you to be able to make an informed decision. You know, I want you to be able to go in the store and go, do I want this pack of cards? What comes in this pack of cards? I don't like this. I'm not buying it this month. Right. That's what I want. Cool. That's totally fine by me. I don't want you to go in the store and go, man, I really want this pack of cards. And I really need uh, this one with the Lamborghini on it. So I'm going to open it. Boom. I got a Prius.
1: Yeah, I, didn't, no, I don't, you know. That, I, yeah. so, so let, let me let, again. I I totally agree with you. I'm just, you know, people are like this, and you know, some people think like this. You know, let sure. me play devil's advocate for a second and say, sure. okay, these companies are going to say, well, you know, we don't we don't implicitly advertise that, and not to mention we don't make anybody. It's not like we hold a gun to your head and say, drop eight hundred dollars on this pack of cards and see what you get. You know, so so I, I guess my question is, and again, I agree with you. What responsibility does the consumer? bear in all of this? Cause at some point I, I, kind, it's like fool me once, shame on you. Fool me 10 times. It's like, at some point, what, what responsibility does a consumer have in that, in that decision making process?
0: I genuinely think they're a victim. I genuinely hmm, do okay. because they don't, they don't force you to do these things, which is true. They don't, they don't put a gun in your hand and say, you need to buy our stuff. Right. Uh, but they also hire the most talented psychologists and statisticians that they can these companies genuinely hire those type of people, PhD in psychology, to make a children's card game. And why are they doing that? They're doing that because they need to find out the best methods and the best systems to create an in- addictive environment to prey on you. So then you fall into the triple the the, the 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 traditional marketing, right? So you see, uh, I always say, no one wants something that no one else doesn't want. So when I first started, you know, advertising on the game, the likes and stuff like that were slow. But now that I'm, I'm, I'm starting to hit up, you know, uh, four figure numbers for the game, people are just liking it because their friends are liking it. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is great because, you know, people, people will often judge things by the cover and they don't get the opportunity and they may look at it later. So I'm getting the, I'm getting my foot in the door with them. Right. The ability to say, Hey, check me out. So at least they're looking. Right. So those companies are doing the same thing. Right. Which is fine. You're able to you're able to put out the advertisement, get your foot in the door. Right. But those they do it on a grander scheme. Your kids are sitting at home watching Yu-Gi-Oh on Saturday morning cartoons. They got a cartoon that reinforces everything in the game, how you play. Here's the cool monster, summon this giant thing. They get hype for all of that. Right. Great. Normal marketing. You get a cartoon out of it. You know, Uh But the actual system for how they sell is the problem, Mm -hmm. right? You hire these people and they go, um, uh, how, how do we get more money from, from everybody? You know? Oh, that's easy. We just designed this system, which, uh, is very addicting in personality. Uh, I mean, in characteristics, right? We take the very cool cards. We, uh, use shiny patterns. So they, they cover certain cards with foil in, in attractive patterns, Uh, that make them desirable right so uh, now you have these hard to find uh visually attractive uh cards and you're opening up these packs and you have this excitement and it's building up and then boom you hit something cool and you get a burst of dopamine and you're so pumped that you open this and i you know even me i you know i've opened up a 200 card before and i'm like yeah this is sick right and, and, and there's a chemical reaction going on, you know, that makes you excited, that wants you to keep opening more, regardless of if you won or you lost. You open up a sick card. Yeah, my luck is good. I got to open up more. Or you 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 have this pent up desire and urge to want to get something good and you don't. So then you go, oh, man, this, this really blows, man. I feel like I feel like crap. I got to open up another box because the only way I'm going to feel better is if I pull something good. And they yeah, it's that ultimate
1: that. high. That ultimate yeah. high. Yeah. They
0: manufactured that. That is not a byproduct of the game. They do that intentionally. They see what happens in Japan, and then they make their product like that. So I say, I, I'm not doing any of that. You, you don't even get foil cards in my, in my pack. The way you get foil cards is by participating at stores. So when you go to the store to play with your friends and play with everyone there, you get a participation prize, which is a foil card. So you still, in a way, get that 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 dopamine, that excitement of oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to play and I'm going to get something, but it's not rewarding you with your money. It's rewarding you with your effort, right? Because in 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 all the other games, the only way to get foil shiny cards is by paying for them. And in my game, you get those foil shiny cards by going to the store and saying, hey, I I, I played today and I fought hard and I won, so I got five packs. Whereas someone who lost every match might get one one bonus
1: pack interesting yeah no i i totally get it man and, it, and, I, and i think this this will be eye-opening to a lot of folks that because like again me i don't know anything about card games i've never played a card game in my life so but it's interesting kind of seeing the business aspect of it and seeing kind of because i didn't i didn't know all this stuff happened so i think this will be very revealing to some folks yeah i didn't understand didn't understand the kind of actual business process of it and, and i mean and i mean
0: uh think about like 2k you play 2k or any kind of sports game online madden anything like that
1: yeah of course yeah two I, 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 I haven't
0: played in a long time uh but i'm sure they're probably starting to do it too i'm sure you can buy something in madden or 2k with real money right like little little right right, right. Yeah, like
1: yeah they are yeah
0: and 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 you probably you probably don't right but i'll tell you this the moment you do you're gonna go deep that's how it works. You see it all the time. You don't touch it. You're like, I'm never gonna I'm and I, you know, I play I play computer games and I always told myself in computer games, I'm not buying this stuff. It's just random, random stuff. And then eventually you see something, you go, yo, that's that's dope. That's yeah. cool. I got I gotta have that. And then you buy it, and then after that, they got you
1: they got you yeah and it's the first high and then you just try to every single time you're trying to you're trying to recreate that high you're trying to get back to that that initial moment of excitement where it's like Mm -hmm. oh shit yeah Yeah. i definitely get it so final question man um let's 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 kind of look let's look out a little bit um Mm -hmm. five years from now this this card game you know hopefully it blew up and it's and it's the best and it's a new rage and everything is going great why do you think it 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 succeeded
0: um, I, I would say uh, because of of how we focus on the actual non gameplay part of the uh, game itself, right? So uh, a lot of a lot of times in games, everything is uh, good guys and bad guys, right? It's literally red and blue lasers, bad Star Wars dudes versus good Star Wars dudes, uh, and it's really black and white. And mm-hmm. I wanted to approach this game in a way that gave people things uh, to identify with, right? So these characters are real people. Like you, you'll have a character who, um, you know, her father uh, is a scientist and he gets assassinated uh, because he is making some technology for company and he realizes they're going to use it for, uh, for war to enslave people and he doesn't want to give it to him. And so she's like hell bent on revenge uh, uh, for her father to destroy everyone that's involved with this company. Right. And, you know, on the on the surface, she's a good guy. But as you learn more about this character, you kind of realize that she's turning herself into a monster because of all the different things that she's sacrificing and the people she sacrifices to to accomplish this goal. Uh, So uh, there's a lot of depth um, that goes into these people. And and we try to find stories uh, that while sound fantastical on paper written out like that, people can simplify them and identify with them in their own lives. Uh, I also work with a, a, a diversity and, and inclusion uh, company here in Seattle. And uh, one of the big things for this is that I wanted to create characters that people of all different races and backgrounds could could identify with. I have a, a child that's mixed with like five different nationalities. She's not going to look like anybody, you know. Uh, right. So when I was a kid, you know, it's too black to, to hang out with the white kids and too white to hang out with the black kids. And you just feel lost. Right. And so I want people to be able to pick up these cards. It doesn't matter. Like one of the, the the third character we're releasing is actually a dude in a wheelchair. Right. Okay. Because you never, you never see this. You never see the dudes. I mean, outside of professor X from the X-Men, but he's got psychic powers, you know, people in just don't have psychic powers. So you're telling me that the only way that you can show a cool person in a wheelchair is if they got magic. doesn't have to be like that. So I sat down, you know, I have a friend, you know, I was in a wheelchair and I'm like, you know, what would be, what would be cool? You know, what would you want to see if, if you're playing a game and you're in a wheelchair? Cause you don't ever get to see nobody that looks like you, that, that struggles like you, that does the things like you. So all the characters are, are, uh, human first before anything else. Right. And I think that, I think that's really, what's going to be, uh, the, uh, important thing from the non-gameplay side. And then from the gameplay side, Uh, I always tell people uh, that it's going to do really well simply because uh, if you look at something like um, basketball um, or, you know, football or team oriented sports, uh, a lot of times you can come away from a loss in that and be really upset uh, because you got other teammates that you got to rely on. And some of them may not be as good as you or you may not be able to really objectively look at yourself and see where you messed up. More than right. often, it's like, yeah, that other dude messed up. And, you know, he, if he would have made that shot, you know, we would have won. But you also miss four shots in the game, right? Right, but, right. But, and so that's how I feel like the other card games are, because they create these these imbalances, right? Whoever got more money can buy more cards, doesn't necessarily make you better. Whereas with this, it's very cheap to be able to play this. So everybody has access to the same weapons, right? The same tools. So when you sit down to play and you lose you don't feel bad about losing you just know okay this person you know got me this time or they may just be objectively better than me so it's more like chess than it is like you know i i have i have better weapons available to me cuz this is like i have the same tools available to me so when i sit down at my desk to put my put my team together right like i'm drafting my i'm drafting my team i'm putting it together i'm using my mind i'm designing the thing how i want to design it and if I lose, okay, back to the drawing board. Let me tweak some stuff. Let me take this out. This didn't work for me, right? But I have all the tools. I don't go, boy. I sure wish I had that five hundred dollar card. I wish I had three of them, because then if I had those three cards, yeah. I'd be so much better at this game. So this is this is. I think those are the two the two the two key things. You know, more of a human element, uh, giving people things that they can identify with, uh, and seeing things of themselves in these cards, and then really giving them a, a, a real competitive landscape uh, that that. Rewards people for um, for working hard and using the brain, and not for how much money they can spend on cardboard.
1: That's dope, man. Hey man, I congratulate you for this this project, man. It's it's not easy. Uh you shared the insight into the creation of this. I know it wasn't easy. It was, it was definitely a challenge. So I definitely congratulate you on the process, man. For real. Um before you go, go ahead and plug the game when it's of when it's gonna be available, when it's coming out, uh and also just kind of plug yourself, plug your social media, where they can find you, where people can connect with you, share ideas, et cetera.
0: Uh, yeah, sure. So you could find the, the game is called Ethernia. It's E-T-H-E-R-N-I-A. Uh, you can find it at uh, Facebook.com slash Ethernia TCG. Um, or uh, the website is uh, PlayEthernia.com. Uh, you can email me at Nick at PlayEthernia.com. Uh, and on the Facebook, you'll be able to find access to uh, our Discord channel. i very Very accessible there. I'm almost on every day. Uh, And if you have any questions about anything, be it, uh, you know, how to make games or how to get into programming, I'm always down to uh, to give people insight on uh, how to approach programming.
1: Awesome, man. Awesome. Hey, Nick, thank you for being on the show, man. I really appreciate it. I actually I actually really learned a lot today this is crazy a lot of times I, I have conversations with people that are kind of uh you know i mean i, I still try to learn every conversation but but you know it's always a like, con- it's, it's always a like level of knowledge or a similar level of knowledge when i'm when i'm speaking with folks but to have this opportunity to learn something completely new in a field that i didn't know anything about until today it's, it's a really cool experience so i so i definitely appreciate you being on the show and uh Thank you for coming on, man. Hopefully, next time we get you talking about some sports, actually, or something different. You know what I mean?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I'm down. To, I'm down to talk about some sports next time.
1: No doubt, no doubt, man Thank you for being on the show Everybody, thank you for listening uh, We'll be back next week With another episode of the podcast As always, thank you for listening Thank you for supporting the show uh, Make sure you follow us On all the social media sites And uh, also make sure you drop some likes And uh, some reviews on uh, on iTunes And uh, let us know how we're doing And, and why you like the show I'm going to get up out of here Enjoy my Sunday evening Once again, thanks to my guest Nick Austin for for being my guest this week uh, I'm going to get up out of here We'll be back next week With another episode of the podcast Peace